0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Blunt Truth, the podcast about spirituality, well being, mental health, anything that's on my mind today, relationships, everything, baby. I am your host, Candy, and welcome. So, I am so excited for this episode that I have because I interviewed two of my favorite people. And they are going to give their perspective on Christ consciousness. And if you don't know what that is, they're going to do a fantastic job of describing it, going through the ego death, um, the phases of it. Their revelations, if that's the word that we want to use, um, um, you know, of how they went through their own ego death and spiritual awakening. Um, This is how I absolutely love looking at Christianity. This is how, to me, it, um, it should be looked at, is looking at the consciousness and not, you know, what we're taught, which was based, you know, religion based on fear and shame and. All that other stuff that I'm not going to go into because that's going to be another episode. (laughs) But I'm so excited for this. And I hope you all are ready to like have an open mind. You know, you totally have to have an open mind when you hear my podcast because it's people coming from different perspectives and walks of life. And these two, Amber Kirby and Geronimo Bullock, they are fantastic. Amber is a psychotherapist and she is amazing amazing an amazing person and geronimo is an amazing person as well and he's a psychiatrist and they both have their own business with helping people with their issues i don't like to say issues i hate saying that but mental health um and also their main job not even job i don't even want to call a job their their passion is to raise elevation um raise consciousness and with their teachings and their um, point of view on Christ consciousness, I think that this will help a lot of people understand what the spiritual walk is like, you know, so grab your drink, get excited, have questions because there will be a part two Um, that I'm going to get out next week I'm crossing my fingers Um, (laughs) but I hope you all really enjoy this episode and I hope that it helps everyone out there hello YouTube. hello Hello. so I'm so excited to have this conversation today normally when we have this conversation we're on the massage well y'all are on the massage table not at the same time clearly But um, Geronimo, normally (laughs) I have an elbow in your back. Amber, we're doing Reiki. And then I can't concentrate because I'm like, oh, (laughs) because everything that you say, I'm just like, you know. So first, let me introduce you both. And then I'm going to let you talk. So Amber and Geronimo are like two of my all time favorite people. Um, Amber is a psychotherapist. And let me tell you, she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. And then we have Geronimo Bullock, who to me, we call Brown Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has like this calming kind of um, energy about him. Um, and he's just the sweetest. And every single time that you talk, Geronimo, it's like, no you, no one can talk. It's like, you, you, you are just what people need to hear. <laughs> so um. <laughs> I'm excited to have you both on Thank here. You. You're welcome. Um, So today we're going to be talking about Christ Consciousness, which this is their jam, y'all. And it's exciting to hear about. So I'm going to like just be asking the questions so everyone can kind of gain, you know, some information about what it is. And I'm just going to let you talk. So can either of you two, whoever wants to start first, tell Uh me and the people what Christ Consciousness is?
1: Hmm. Well, to begin, I'm just going to say Geronimo usually gives the intellectual aspect yes, the support. <laughs> and then I'm like, I just, I don't have that much of that capacity. I'm just going to tell you what it feels like. Um... So, emotional more-
0: intelligence and logical intelligence,
1: yes, yep. yes, thank you. So, um, just to kind of prompt with that, so like you know, if you're having a difficult time following what he's saying, don't worry, I'll be giving you an abridged version. So,
0: <laughs> and Geronimo, I'm not gonna lie, it's like I really have to process it when you say it because yeah. I'm like,
2: this is so I, deep. Are-
0: <laughs> <laughs> How can I break this down in candy terms? Uh, it's not
2: the easy. <laughs> thing to, yeah. to articulate
1: yeah you want to go ahead but
2: i'll let amber go ahead because she, oh. she's probably
1: better at just i don't know defining. we'll hear both of your versions How about okay that? i think he's a little nervous don't okay be nervous <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um as i was trying to like formulate in my mind what is the best way to represent this or the clearest way shall we say of what is christ consciousness and so Um, maybe where I want to start is put away, just imagine you're tucking away all the aspects of what you think Christ is or what you've been told Christ Mm -hmm. is just conversation. You can go back to that. Um, but just kind of inviting some space to hear what we're saying. Um, and if, you know, it's not for you, then that's okay. But, um, Christ consciousness is not a person it can be inside of a person but what it really is is a state of being Mm. and so that state of being i mean maybe you can think about it as like an energy frequency um it can be a feeling a way of walking through the world um it's a state of being and that is a place that uh you know we hear this concept of holiness well, I want you to add a W to holiness, Word is whole, being whole. And so if you can think about many of the problems that we experience in the current world, that's from a place of separateness, viewing ourselves as separate, we're better than other people. Um, this is the opposite of that. So it's not from a place of fear or that is ego driven. Um, though ego has its place for us to experience, not to judge that. However, Christ consciousness is really um, moving through the world with compassion um, in the flow, which, you know, gosh, you know, sometimes you got to really recenter yourself and get back. Um, but it's about not just loving others and helping others, that's a piece, but we tend to think about the Christ as this martyr-like figure. And that's also something, go ahead and tuck that away from whatever you learned about um, But rather a piece that might be good to understand is he had to work on himself to get to a place where he could do those things for others. And I realize a lot of people might just like turn the dial right now. People don't it. think about that, you know. They yeah. don't think like
0: I they don't think that Jesus was, you know, actually lived. You know, like he they just don't. So go keep going. I'm sorry.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> um so you anybody can get to that place. Yes, let's see special, but we all can get there but we have to make ourselves whole again. Going back to holiness, we have mm-hmm. to make ourselves whole again. And so that means you have to love, you know, the, the five-year-old that, you know, had accidents in their pants or the 14-year-old that's brooding, there's listening to the cure. Okay, I was there. Don't judge. <laughs> you have to, you know, or like even it's the 30-year-old woman who's worked herself to the bone and just really is struggling to breathe in and out every day. It's about loving all the aspects that are you, accepting all the aspects that are you, forgiving all the aspects that are you. Um, And I mean, there are no limits to that. Um, I guess that's also something I wanna express. There aren't limits to that because if you wanna judge something about somebody, if you just zoom out from a multi-dimensional perspective, like all these people that are walking around are kind of a version of you. So whether that's even the Jeffrey Dahmers of America, whatever. (laughs) Like, be careful, be careful what you judge. Um, You can even be the murderer of yourself, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, But uh, Geronimo, how do you view it? I know yours is um, how you would conceptualize Christ energy or Christ consciousness. I
0: feel like I should start playing some calming music as soon as he starts talking.
2: Oh, my God.
0: You're a (laughs) I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Um, so, I mean, I agree with, 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 uh, everything that Amber said, um, but she said, so she did say so, so much. Um, and it's like I said, this stuff is not the easiest thing to articulate, but let me start with kind of piggybacking on some of the things that she talked about. So she talked about the concept of, of, of wholeness. And uh, another word for wholeness is completion. Another word for completion is love. People don't. We're not taught that love means completion. Mm. The love encompasses everything. And if you just pause a little bit and think about what that really means, it encompasses everything. So it uh, it takes the concept out. It takes judgment out of things, right? So. Yeah if you get into the business of judgment, that means you're beginning to separate out things and and there and therefore you're not in the realm of love. You're in the realm of judgment and fear because fear and separation kind of go hand in hand. You know, you're saying certain things are good and certain things are bad. You begin to apply judgment. So wholeness, holiness and love are pretty much the same thing. And those things are what we call the Christ. The Christ has to do with wholeness, completion, love. The Christ is the aspect of God that's the person of God. So there's God that, that we call God the Father. And of course, God is not a man or a woman. God, God is a spirit. God is not a human being. Um, you can think of God as energy, potential, the potential for everything. And there we go with that word everything again, which means wholeness, completion, love. We say God is love, right? Yeah. It means God is complete. Now, the thing with being complete is you encompass everything. And if God wants to define who he, who he or she or it is, God needs to declare something, right? And the thing that God declared was, I am, meaning I exist. I am what I am. That's what he told Moses when asked the question, who are you with the burning bush? And he said, I am that I am. I can't explain everything to you. I'm just who I am, right? Accept me that way because that's what I am. So that declaration of I am is, is what we call the Christ. And God basically declared, I exist. I am love. I am complete. So if you are a personality of any sort, a person, you have to be part of the I am. So we, we have to realize that it is not just Jesus who is the Son of God, but it's all of us who are children of God. And as children of God, we all are part of the I am because we were given personality. Now, the person that we call Jesus, Yeshua, like, we, like Amber said, and like you said, Candy, was a living, breathing human being who had to make this realization uh, through going inwards, meaning going into himself and really exploring who he is. In other words, realize himself completely by force, spending time with himself, finding out what he really loved to do and what did he really love to do was to be among people, to teach people, to show people love. And he found out that he had a passion for this. And he engaged in his passions fully. He taught um, fully and he showed by example fully. So he spent time with himself and he explored the things that he had a passion for And he found out what he loved and what he didn't like so much. And he got to a place of acceptance where he was okay with himself and didn't try to be anyone else. He tried to be himself as much as he could. And from that place, that place of acceptance, he was able to, these different ego states that Amber was alluding to, meaning the five-year-old, the 14-year-old, the two-year-old, everything buried up inside himself, he was able to integrate all of that and come to a place of full integration and acceptance and wholeness, and then begin to embrace the idea of unconditional love. And then he made the connection that, okay, if I can practice unconditional love in myself, uh, with myself, and God is love, meaning God is unconditional love.
1: And everything.
2: And everything. Then therefore, if I walk like a duck, quack like a duck, I guess I'm a duck. So he was able to connect his human aspect with his divine aspect and said, okay, if I represent unconditional love, if I, uh, if I achieve the state of unconditional love and wholesomeness and wholeness within myself, and I have connected with God, and I have become one with God. And that was the process by which he became the Christ. And he, uh, he said that this is a pathway by which each one of us can become the Christ. In other words, the Christ is a state of being, is a state of oneness with the Father. I don't know. I mean, there's many different ways to put it, but the Christ is the the declaration of the Father, which is wholesomeness, a state of love, and a state of completion. And that when you realize that within yourself by unconditional love, you achieve you achieve that oneness with yourself, and therefore oneness with the Father, and you become the Christ yourself.
1: Now this can be a scary process. <laughs> if you ask look inside themselves, you know, they could be going to therapy for 10 years. But oftentimes a therapist hasn't really challenged them to go inside of themselves. hmm Okay. So I'm not talking about, hey, analyze your thoughts. No, that's not how you get there. You're gonna have to actually feel some shit.
0: Some whole um, shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And some of it is, um, can That's be scary. tough to look at because yeah. you're having to practice that non judgment. So at first you judge it, right? Until you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is a process. And I mean, anyone can do it. I, I've even had experiences where people who, you know, others would say, oh man, they're really messed up. You know what? But they're really dedicated because they've been yeah. in the deep dark hole they're willing to surrender all this ego crap um, because they just want to feel better, you know, and it kind of skyrockets them. So this can happen for anybody. It could be someone who has no education, sitting out in Appalachia um, with literally not a pot to piss in who can achieve this without researching it. Um, You know, it really depends on how strong the ego is in the individual um, as to how this, done the more humility a person the closer they're going to be or i guess you could imagine stepping their toes into it into the water. oh hold
0: on y'all are breaking up here
1: Uh oh. Okay. go
2: ahead so we've been alluding to this idea of ego a lot so maybe i should spend a little bit of time with the ego yeah
0: because you know? i was gonna ask like why is it so important to learn like to surrender to the ego which is so hard, Geronimo. It's hard. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. So the ego thing is is a tough concept as well. And it's a tricky concept. Um, so what is the ego? So the word ego simply means self, right? So uh when we think of our ego, we're talking we're really talking about self. So when you think of self, when you think of yourself, you're thinking, okay, you know, I'm Geronimo. I was born in a certain place to certain people. Um, I have certain experiences when certain uh, educational experiences, experiences with friends, relationships, and so forth. Things that I declare that I am good at, things that I declare that I'm not so good at. And you wake up with this concept of, Every morning, and you go to bed with this every day. um, And you basically said, Okay, I am am Geronimo. This is who I am. But suppose you were born at a different time to different people, different relationships, different education, different life experiences, different skill set that, you know, basically things that you trained yourself to be. So you declared that you were good at these things. And other things you declare that you will not good at or you will not interested, in, you know, in. The question is, would you still be the same, Geronimo? And the answer to that is no. You will be no. something else. Yeah. Right. You'll be a yep. different person. So. So the person that we wake up with every day, we have to realize is a construct. It's an elaborate construct that we got some help in the beginning creating. But the bottom line is we've done a lot of creating as well uh, to elaborate this this person that we wake up with every morning. And it's a dynamic uh, person as well. It doesn't stay the same, exactly the same every day. Sure, right? doesn't.
0: I have so that, many different ways I wake up in the morning and she is not the same.
2: <laughs> she's not exactly the same, right? But there are certain elements that, that are the same because you recognize yeah. yourself as, you know, candy every day but it does change. Um, so this is what we call the ego. And the purpose of the ego is to really individualize you, to allow you to have an individual
1: experience.
2: Experience being the key word. Experience being the yeah. key word, right? So the e- ego is that part of your mind that says you are a separate individual, that you are a separate personality, with certain declarations of, of what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like, what you don't like. In other words, it's really a, 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 a miniature I am state.
1: A bit of a fractal, shall we a say. A bit of a fractal,
2: yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The, the main I am, the main declaration is the Christ. And the individualized declaration, it's all still within the great I am, you know, is the ego. And the ego allows each aspect of the Christ to have an individualized experience. Now, why is experience so important? As a spiritual being, and me and Amber, we talked about this, this, about this concept this morning, a spirit cannot have experience. A spirit can remember experience, but to have experience, you need a body. And to be a body, you have to be a finite being. And the ego allows you to be finite. Now, when I say finite, I mean small compared to infinite. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, if Candy, you're a finite being right now, right? I
0: you're believe
2: sitting, so. No, you're yeah. Somewhere <laughs> at home, right? And I'm you're here. not over here with me physically. I could
0: be, you know, I do <laughs> know how to astral project, but no, I'm not.
2: <laughs> but yes, I am. Yeah, so your physical body is, is you know, is, is almost like a, well, not almost, it's an avatar. It's, it's, it's a body that occupies a certain point in space, okay?
1: It's like a zooming in. You
2: know, so now I'm zooming into the physical, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm relating now this ego to the physical and the idea of experience. And so your physical body is in a certain point in space, and if you move in space, there's this magical thing that happens called time, okay? Because one moment you were in a certain spot and then you move to another uh, place and you can relate. Now you can say, well, a moment ago I was in place A and now I'm in place B, right? Yep. So time has to do with, first of all, being a finite enough where you can only occupy a certain point in space and you can move in space. And of course, if you move in space, you're creating time. So finite beings are always in relation to time. Infinite beings are not finite, so they occupy all of space at the same instant. And if you can't move in space, there is no time. Time only happens when you move in space. So then everything is now. That's why God lives in eternal now, right? Mm -hmm. There is no... a, A spiritual being... The time doesn't mean anything. But for a physical being, time means a whole everything. lot. Everything. Means everything. So the ego allows you to relate to this physical avatar that you call your body. And through your body, you can have the experiences, individualized experience. And your ego allows you to generate those uh experiences that you want in other words it allows you to think about what you want to experience your mind right your ego Mm -hmm. mind thinks about what it wants to experience and your body goes ahead and acts out those experiences and of course i always tell people what's the best experience you can have in your body it always comes down to the same thing love Love loving experiences what's the best thing you can think about love right yeah. In your mind, the best thing your mind, your ego mind can think about is love and your spirit. What is your spirit? Your spirit is love itself, unconditional love. So the spirit is unconditional love. The mind, the ego mind allows you to think about love and the body allows you to experience love. Right. So that's really the way that things become knowledgeable or, or actually they become very real to the spirit. The spirit can only think about things.
1: Yeah, like, if it is love, how does it... How does it experience, experience love? love? It has, all to, one thinks, it has right? to experience so it, it through has a body. It has to experience the body.
2: And it also wants to experience it on an individual level. Because I it can't wants- even
0: talk. Like, my mouth is, like, wide open right now. I feel like this is a good therapy session <laughs> for me <laughs> and everyone. But, oh, my gosh.
1: This is... Yeah. Well, we, we were trying to set an intention to do this justice. I, I hope I we hope do at we- the end. But... Um,
2: so the ego, this kind of explains the whole purpose of the ego. I, I was trying to tie that together. So our ego self is our individualized self and it blocks us from our spiritual self our our the the, the higher self.
1: Yes, however, I do want to say that the ego is not a bad thing. No.
0: Yeah, because everyone thinks that it's bad sometimes. It's bad. No,
1: like mm. it's, it's not a bad thing. Are there ego deaths? Yes, but you know, In very spiritual cultures, um, they had the ego. They knew what that was, whether they gave it it a different name, but they didn't let it rule them. Mm. So they let it help them survive a bear attack, let's say, um, or to get nourishment for the body to have the spiritual experience. But they didn't allow it to totally take over in like a zombie kind of mode so, so they control do. their ego is yes, that a good but,
0: term to use
2: uh, they, they've they well, understood the place of the ego yes, not the, yes. the ego allows us to live in a physical world and it knows the rules and limitations of a physical world okay but it it it, the, it has nothing to do with our spiritual self it is just a tool a construct that we use to ground ourselves in a physical mm-hmm. world. So it has, and if you go back to Freud and Freud ideas of the id, the ego, and the superego, now the id is our primitive, what he calls our primitive drives, okay? So basically, our, our biological instinctive drive to eat, to sit, to have sex, to be satiated in some way, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, fear is, is, is an, an id, Uh, aspect of the mind and the ego is that is that aspects of the mind that tells us what is real and what is not real well how did that develop in the first place the primitive instinctual drives had to be tested in a real world and okay so so something like okay i feel like i can fly okay that's maybe a (laughs) primitive instinct I want to fly, right? <laughs> but you know, if you go on, on a top, oh, and then excuse me. top, it's not going to go so well for you, right? Right. So the ego does the reality testing and it says, you know what? You can't fly. You don't have to Stay <laughs> <Sit laughs> <Right>. down. Right. <laughs> so uh, it has all the limitations built in. So by the ego is generated by testing the id in a, in a real world. And the ego now learns all the things that are possible in the real world, and it it it's pretty strong. It's a strong aspect of your mind that tells you this is real, this is not real, this is possible, this is not possible. So it set limits on you. The ego begins to set limits. Mm. Limit, mm.
1: Word, because mm. we limit the heck out of ourselves.
0: Self-limiting beliefs.
2: Yep. Yes. So right. the ego is all about limits. Okay. And it's all about it saying this stuff is possible in this little avatar that you have and in this planet that this avatar is located, this body.
1: I like my avatar. These are the things that are possible,
2: okay? So it allows you to survive here. The purpose of the ego, it allows you to survive in this environment and have experiences that are possible within this environment. But if you let your ego rule you, then you're basically only living, uh, you're, you're only living from that position of, of the physical and what's possible here. You're living from a place of limitations.
1: Which, I mean, that's. that's part and that's of,
2: adaptive for here. So, well,
1: it is. Right. Um, but it's also part of some of what. People are choosing, or the very <laughs> of the spirit are choosing, to experience at that point in time. Um, so one is also not better than the other, but as we're looking at Christ consciousness, we have to get to a place where, um,
2: we're going past the ego, we're
1: going past the ego, and mm-hmm. and Gerardo might be able to speak later as to moments where we have to make the ego voice smaller, or even that there's. Period of what some people refer to as an ego death. There's like a hymn on the mountain. Right?
0: Yeah, I was just about to ask, what is an ego death?
1: Okay. Um, hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the ego death is, uh, oh gosh, it's quite a scary moment when you first experience it. Um, it's, uh, it's like you feel like you're going to die, mm-hmm. well,
2: because
1: part of you does. But part of the fear in that is that I will cease to exist. But the reality is, you know, you're choosing to be eternal in that moment. Um, So you're not really getting to us and not existing. Um, But there is a choice that has to be made. And it happens in a split second. But there are all these many choices before you get there that lead to it. Um, but it can be a scary process because you're like, oh gosh, you know, like, am I going to, is is it, is it true what the atheists say? Am I going to not exist? Well, (laughs) I wake up the next morning and I'm still here. I'm just, that's how I was. I was like,
2: (laughs) I only had, I had like two experiences like that. Talk about it. Of course, the biggest fear that the ego naturally has is dying. Okay. Dying. death is the ego biggest fear. Um and dying when we think of dying it it really means to go out of existence completely Blackness right mm-hmm. complete and utter an end it, it fears it fears that desperately And part of what it fears is my beautiful personality will go away. Mm. I will not do this anymore all the work that I've done to create this, and everything that I'm aware of, I will not be aware of anymore. But that is the fear that your individuality will go away. But when you realize that that will not go away. I feel like you find it more. You yes. find more. But it, there's a scary moment when everything seems is scary. To diffuse, very diffuse and not defined. Right? It's true. Um, and it's like, should I jump?
0: Should I not? And then it's like something just pushes you in. Yeah, and then you fall, not and then like, you're this still really aware in my life or anything.
2: <laughs> but you don't really feel like you're candy, right? You just kind of feel like you're still, you still, you're aware. Yeah. but you feel I, different. I
1: feel, feel different. like You integrate something into you as opposed yes. to losing something. And so, yes. if you can think about it as that it's not about losing. I mean, maybe a breaking away, a falling away. Like leaves aren't scared to shed their leaves in the fall. Um, and so there's nothing to fear, but that's also an ego trick to keep you in that place. Um, and if some choose to be there, that's fine, but you know, you have to remember the ego is comfortable, it likes predictability. So, if you want to get to a place where you're pursuing Christ consciousness, where you're asking those questions late at night, what am I here for? What is my purpose? There's got to be more. I don't believe what I've been told about like. Okay, then you're, you're, you're on that journey where it's like, ding, ding, ding. You're
0: about to jump down that rabbit hole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, shit! <laughs> that's right. So uh, I'm sure like in some dimension, there are individuals applauding. Um, yeah. Also aspects of us. But in any case, um, so the ego likes predictability. It likes what's comfortable. Well, you know what? Like that's great and all, but comfort and comfortability doesn't, doesn't give you greatness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get you to the place that your heart sings and that you feel God inside you every day. Yes. Um, where you feel alive and not dead inside. Um, so, but also what re- what's required in order to do that is wait for it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and then and I say that because like man if I had my moments um so it requires a sense of faith that hey it's all gonna work out and surrender something people are terrified of
0: terrified I know I was
1: yeah and
0: then it's like that moment of it's just like you know what I'm just gonna let it go because that's what we're taught right We're, we're taught these things and and then it's like once you do it it's like mm, i'm kind of nervous and then you fall and it's like you you just feel different cuz you do start integrate i don't know maybe that's how it starts is that like the after process like how do people feel how did you all feel when you like i hate to keep saying like awakened or okay. you know but like how did you feel at like when you like when it happened and you became Christ consciousness or conscious
1: Oh, let's see. Okay, from an
0: emotional intelligent and a logical intelligent person, two people.
1: Um. Well, I mean, it was moments of feeling everything all at the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, for me, there was a moment, and it was my own experiences as a CRM therapist, where you know it's very encouraged when you do that therapy to work yourself. Um, and I was doing my own work, so to speak, at retreat, and I came back and had this awakening moment, not to use the word in a trite way, realization that the victim and the creator are essentially the same. Gosh, that's its own podcast. But <laughs> And then I kind of realized everything is a different aspect of the same thing, and then I think my brain might have exploded. <laughs> um, there's a falling away. And then for me, now it might be different for other people, but it was like a settling in. And maybe that is what the integration process is where it's not gonna, the next moment. Oh, wow. You know, I had this great experience. Yes, but it had to integrate into my physical body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have these great woo woo experiences, so to speak. Like I can go uh, do ayahuasca and come back, and it was this great experience. Still be an asshole, yeah, Um, because
0: you didn't integrate
1: it right. So, like, it's really about pulling that into the physical body, applying whatever that experience is into how you relate to other people. Those split second moments that you choose is what I'm going to say, kind or what I'm doing honoring myself um is maintaining this relationship with this person or that person does that serve me um it shows up in a myriad of ways but your response is different it's about being given the same pattern but responding differently mm. um do you want to add to anything? Or, or Candy, um, do you
0: want
1: to speak to anything? They don't
0: want to hear my train wreck with it. They hear it on the podcast all the time. With um, oh, okay. my awakening moments. But Geronimo, I would love to hear yours as well.
2: I think, you know, the business of Christ consciousness, is it's not a static thing. It's a, it's a dynamic thing. And it's a progression. Okay. If somebody tells you that they're Christ conscious and they're fully enlightened, they're lying. Yeah. They're actually lying, right? It's an ego. Tr- it's an yes. ego trip that they're mm-hmm. on, right? Okay, so it's it's a it's a learning experience. Um, I'm I'm not sure if that's the right word. Mm-hmm. It's an evolving thing, you know. It's it's a growing thing. Let me put it that yeah. way.
1: Yeah, and it's, there are growing pains uh, with growth, and
2: are a gro- lot the growing pain because each step requires an acceptance. So I I I've learned this about about integration and enlightenment. Enlightenment ha- is based on acceptance because love itself is based on acceptance. You see? Unconditional love is all about acceptance. Mm. So if you don't like a single grain of hair, you know, strand of hair on your head because it's gray, and you prefer black or if you don't like the butt because not, you know, it's not pretty enough or you don't <laughs> like oh, you know, All that's basically saying you don't like a certain aspect of yourself, right? Exactly. So you have to come to a point of being okay with yourself in every way for you to be so-called enlightened, right? So enlightenment is about acceptance. Just think about how much difficulty we all have with that moment to moment, right? We have a lot of difficulty with ourselves. We're not very good at accepting ourselves. Mm Mm-mm.
1: Which then reflects out to, we are not good at accepting others. We're not
2: good exactly. at
0: accepting others. And then yes. we project those insecurities onto those people.
2: Outside. Exactly. Yeah. See yep. how that, so that shows us that we got a lot of work to do, that we're not as enlightened as we think we are. Mm-mm. Right. So you have to be very careful when the ego tells
1: you that you're enlightened. Oh gosh. Yes. I always say word of caution if you're getting to a place that you think you've got it all done and you don't have to work on yourself, that's a dangerous place to be.
0: Yep. Yeah. I never want to act like I have it all like I'm I'm this holier than thou because that's just a terrible concept. Cause there's no right or wrong level. There's no, you know, one's higher than the other. It's we're all on this rotating rock, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. these, you know, meat slab of bodies to experience and learn. And exactly. yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think if we present the concept that we have it all together, we're not relatable, and that defeats the purpose. Um, Well, that's the whole
2: problem with the Jesus figure, right? Mm. He's become impossible to relate to because he's been put on a pedestal, and I am not saying anything derogatory about Jesus. No, it's
1: about what it was
2: morphed into. It's what it's come to is this objectification of this person, And this elevation of this person above all other persons that makes him untouchable and unreachable. And it defeats the very message of what he was trying to say. Why do you think he was washing feet, by the way?
0: Tell us, Geronimo.
2: No no king washes the subject's feet, right? Which king do you know washes the subject's feet?
0: That's a test. Oh, God none
2: <laughs> right there's no, there's no, <laughs> no that i know that washes the subject. i hate when
0: you do that to me <laughs>
2: right. so the point is he was saying do not elevate me above anyone else we're all the same we are to wash each other's feet okay uh, because the, the the lower you know washing a person's feet is an extremely loving thing people don't think about that kissing a person's oh, feet yeah. is an extremely loving thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: right uh, you, if you're madly in love with somebody, the first thing you want to do is kiss their feet. I mean, some other people prefer to; they want to kiss other things. But, uh, but
1: well, we're going into objectification. That's another, right. That's, that's another,
2: another time. time. Yeah. So the, <laughs> that's another episode. <laughs> but the point is, is um, enlightenment uh, is a process. Okay, it's it's a, But there are times when the spirit can quiet the ego or the ego can be quieted so much that the spirit can actually speak yes. and at that point in, in your personal journey you feel like you're one with the spirit
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that feel like a moment of enlightenment to you okay full integration but that's just a place that's a, a point in your existence where your ego is so quieted and it's put in its place say, to, so to speak that your real self is allowed to express, and that that is what you you're aiming for in your life when you talk about experiencing enlightenment you know it's that quieting of the ego and that allowance of uh, allowing the your higher self the spirit to really take the lead, and you can go back and forth vacillate between your ego self and your spiritual self and you need to do that that is why amber said the ego is not a bad thing it's not a bad thing it's not something that you have to condemn it's something that you just have to understand
1: mm-hmm. and be
2: able to control from time to time
1: yeah mm-hmm. like i,
2: I you got to check it you got to check it
1: yeah I, I need my ego to make sure that i get to an appointment for my kids or to uh, finish a project or, or whatever, cause I'm still in physical form or to remember to eat or whatever, but I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to listen to that for guidance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't look to other people for the answer when I can, I learn to go inside myself, uh, to find that answer, to eventually trust that answer. I mean, Yes, there's going to be a period people don't trust themselves. Maybe we should be moving. On. How do we do this? How do yeah. we get to this place? I don't know. Um,
2: because we we started this off with how kind of how did I come to understand this process of enlightenment, or how did I recognize myself? Yeah. Right. So it was kind. Of, it was that uh, gradual for me. It was it was kind of intellectual because that is how I. That's how you get down, man. That's how I get started with things, and I, I, and I, you know, that's just how I work. So I have to just accept that. Um, but for me, it it started off with with reading, really, because I had a lot of questions since I was a kid about life and aging and dying and purpose to life, and these were things that I didn't just casually think about. They were all consuming for me, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I was just brooding, kind of, and still kind of brooding, by the way. Um, I was this kind of intense kid, right? Uh, very intense about about things. I was thinking about things. And that allowed me, like I was saying, to ask a lot of questions. Difficult questions that nobody could really un- uh, give me the answer to. Church didn't give me the answer to those questions. And they won't. <laughs> and it's, it's it kind of gave yeah. me some answers, but they weren't satisfactory enough for me. And for some people, it works for them. I'm not gonna like this church, okay? Um, but for me, it it had it generated other questions.
1: Well, I think it does um, teach one to view the answers outside themselves, which will lead you can lead you astray if you follow.
2: So exactly. Amber is helping me make those connections okay. because that is what exactly what happened, by the way. So I had those desperate questions. And, of course, I was reading a lot of books and stuff. One of them was, you know, Conversations with God by Neil Walsh. And that really was a pivotal book in my life. But uh, that sat in my mind for years. Okay, we're talking 10, 15 years. It just kind of sat in my mind. Um, but then it became a crisis, you know, an existential crisis and uh and I I I went home with, with with the question, you know, what's the purpose of life? Like why am I doing all this? I'm going to die, right? Mhm. And I'm in my my room alone and I'm I begin now to go inwards. Okay? Cuz I can't get the answers outside. So this is me. You know what, God, if you exist, I have some serious questions. <laughs> I got <no> questions. <laughs> And I need some answers. Yeah, we'll
1: see you got some explaining to do. Yeah, <laughs> it was like <all> that. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then I just heard this chuckle in my mind, this laugh, right? And he was like, Drama, why are you so worried about death and dying? Why? And there's this big laughter going on. I'm like, well, it's worrisome. I've been worrying <laughs> about it a long time. I need some help with this. So then he, it's almost like a sigh, right? It's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> This is what you want. I'm gonna give
0: it to you. You ready for
2: this? You know, it's like, <laughs> buckle, it's up. Like, buckle up. Buckle like, up. You read the Bible, right? I'm like, yeah, I read it sometimes. He's like, you read Genesis? I'm like, yeah, I read Genesis. He was like, then a laugh. He's like, you know, it's not very accurate. He said, but it's good enough. He said, well, if you read Genesis, it says that when I made man, I made man from the dust of the ground. He said, I didn't make anything from dust. I make stuff from the elements. The elements, the whole planet is made from elements. The whole universe from the elements. Right? Mm -hmm. He said, I made the body from the elements. Right? And he said, well, if you read further on, it says, I made the body and then I put my breath in the body. Right? He said, I didn't put my breath in the body. I put myself in the body. Mm. So he said, well, the body comes from the elements and you lived here long enough. You know what happens when a body dies. It goes back to the elements. That makes sense, right? Makes sense. I said, yeah, that makes sense. He said, but the breath, this so-called breath, I put myself in the body. He said, so can I die? Yeah. My spirit, myself in the body. He said, so can I die? Can my spirit die? I said, no, by definition, you can't die. He said, well, what are you worried about? Mm. He said, your body is going to die. You know that. But who you are, your spirit is impossible for your spirit to die because your spirit is me. I Ooh. put my in you. Right? So stop worrying about that. You're not going to die. So all of a sudden, a very, very simple answer. I mean, I kind of knew this before. Intellectually, but it didn't really resonate with me. And for some reason, K- Candy, I, after that moment, I just it just stopped. This fear stopped. And he, he you know, he kind of chuckled, and he, he had other plans for me. He was not fully convinced that I actually got it. <laughs> so you got so it, he got yeah. it tested. Put everything in a dream. Oh put everything in a dream and the dream was I was a very old man in a small room and there was a table in that room and on the table was an ossuary. Now who the hell goes to bed thinking about ossieries? I don't even know where that comes from, but an ossuary is a Jewish uh, bone box. It's about four feet by two feet and it's made from limestone and Jewish people used to bury their dead in caves and then collect the bones after about two years and put them in a, a, an ossuary, like a, a box. And they used to put all the ossuaries together, like a family. There would there would be like an area that a whole family would be buried, like the, the ossuaries with all the bones, right? Mm-hmm. But in that room is this ossuary and the lid is not on and it's decorated. And on the side of it is written son of God, but it's not written in English, but it's something that I recognize. And there's also a small coffin in the room on the floor. And like, I'm I'm an old man and this Asir is there and there's a sense of urgency that something imminent is about to happen. And I was given an imperative that Here's a box with some blue pigment and a rag. And I want you to highlight this name on the side of the ossuary because it must be done because something eminent is about to happen. So I'm there frantically trying to do that. While outside, there's a raging dust storm, right? So I managed to accomplish that. By the way, there's no bones in the ossuary. Okay? Mm. It's empty. All of a sudden, I find myself outside and there's a wall of dust, and I'm standing with the ossier in my hand, and the coffin on the like on the ground, and out of the dust steps this guy. He don't look very human. He's about almost eight foot tall, gray colored, and it looks like you took a knife and you slash him all over. Mm. And between the slashes, there's like a green a uh, blue light that shines out, and on his forehead is a seven and then number seven is carved like with a knife and from the carving you can see the blue light coming out as well and he approaches me and i keep saying who is this who is this this looks like i and every time i ask the question who is this the answer comes emissary this is an emissary this is an emissary okay it's not what you're thinking about who do you think this is this is an emissary so I have the coffin in my hand. This guy is approaching me. I'm getting really scared because he's a scary guy. But everything in me says, give this guy the ossuary and the coffin. It belongs to him. So I said, here you go. These things belong to you. And he did not want to take them. He looked at me, um, I-, I guess, with... He <laughs> was like, he's a higher creature. I'm a lower creature. I'm not... <laughs> Him right, so he, he was not happy that I'm giving him this, and he looked defeated. Okay, he looked defeated, and I gave them to him. And as soon as I gave them to him, I said, Here, these belong to you. I woke up. Now I was sweating, I was scared, I was out of my mind, Andy. And it took me weeks to figure out this thing. this what, what what does all these symbols mean, right? Who what was it? Now I I'm all like, got it, right? And oh. it had to do with that conversation I was having about debt, right? Mm. Coffins and ossuaries are all symbols of debt, right? Yep. Son of God, you know, is the Christ, right? He's supposed to be dead, but he's not dead. There's no bones in the coffin in the osiery. Oh. He's Mind alive. Drop. He's alive, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the dust, when I was outside, uh given what i was doing was giving these symbols of death to death himself and wow. saying these things it's uh, the i don't need to fear death right i am i have overcome death yep right as the son of god i have overcome death yep. by fully realizing the son of god the christ you've overcome death mm-hmm. you're not attached you're not attached to death the exactly. so the Done right, so then no. you start living after that. I start living after that. No, yeah. they, it was funny. There were more symbols in that dream to convince me that this is not coming from my low. You know, my human side. The number you know seven. The, difference. the number seven means completion. Seven means completion. Why I don't go to bed thinking about sevens, right? Mm-mm. All right. When I was also outside, I felt like. There was a behind the dust cloud, behind that wall of dust, was the Christ on the cross. Right? Mm-hmm. It felt like he was just there, but I couldn't see that. It was blocked from me. But he was right there, accomplishing this for all of us.
0: I just got goosebumps. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Damn, John. Goose
2: <laughs> This is what happens when you go inside. You ask the questions, you get the answers. You do.
0: I love hearing how every, like other people's stories of like their their awakening or like going into their higher consciousness. Like I love hearing it. I always get goosebumps. Yours is just you already know with your cool voice and whatnot.
2: That I couldn't stop. You know that this is just so no.
0: I, it's the there. truth. Like it is absolutely the truth, and that like that's exactly how I felt. When mine came, it it literally, it it just all starts to make sense. And like you said, you can tell the difference between, you know, if that's just a regular dream or if spirit is trying to tell you something or God Mm -hmm. or, you know, whoever, you know the difference.
2: So basically when you pray like that, you're praying to your higher self. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like John said, you know, we're not disconnected from God. We're one with God. So when you're praying to God, you're actually praying to your higher self. Now that might sound a little blasphemous for the average, you know, person who just started out with this. And it's not meant to sound blasphemous. It's it's really meant to educate. Um and Amber was alluding to this a multidimensional aspect. And I also was. So let me explain this a little bit. As a finite creature, as as a as a human being, uh oh, that is a time creature because you're small and you can only move from point A to point B in space, so you're limited to time, right? You got mm-hmm. A physical being is finite, and with a finite being, there is time. A spiritual being is infinite, meaning it occupies all of space instantly. So, spiritual things are multidimensional; they're everywhere at the same time. So, as a spiritual being, you're not limited to one body and one place, you're everything and everyone. Mm. That's the thing you have to understand. You cannot understand spiritual things from a physical point of view, they operate by different rules. So, you have to understand spiritual things in that way from an infinite perspective. Infinite meaning present infinitely everywhere in every situation, in every instant, meaning that you encompass all, which we're back to all again, completion, yes,
1: wholeness. wholeness, wholeness.
0: Number wholeness.
2: seven, love yep. seven.
0: Compassion. Love. That is Christ consciousness. Oh, you guys, we need to do a part two on this because yes. you know, there's more to say. And there's more that I wanted. Actually, I'm thinking about, we are going to do it. I'll let y'all know though. You know, I'm, I'm texting you. Um, but thank you so much for being on here. There's so much more that I want you to say to everyone. But like, where can people contact you for services? Because if you want to be on this like healing journey with the Christ consciousness, honestly, you need therapy. Um, and <laughs> if you don't have it, you know, you know, at least have someone to talk to. So where can people find you all at?
1: Okay. Um. So I have a website. It's uh, Amber Kirby, L. C. S. W dot com um you can get on there get a feel for whether it jives with you or not and if it doesn't and you feel like you just need help getting to someone else that might resonate with you i am certainly willing to do that if if you don't feel like you know if someone were to try to connect with me and it just doesn't feel right then i'm more than happy i know several providers and healers and things who might be more the speed. so um Certainly, I'm. You know, we're not the only people out here doing this work. No, no. So it, you just have to figure out, you know, what resonates to each person. And so it's going on that website, and then just being like, does this feel right? And if it feels right, then contact me from the website. Um, and if not, no worries. Uh, for Geronimo, right now he's a practicing psychiatrist through Transformation Health Services in Virginia Beach. Um and I think pretty much everybody at Transformation has some kind of spiritual inclination. Um, but yeah, that's that's how you can find us. I think the next one we should do is how to, in a applicable way, get to a place of uh, Christ consciousness, like how tos or um. You know, the, oh, y'all yeah. get ready.
0: Y'all is in you too. Cause um <laughs> we're gonna do that. I'm gonna text oh, okay. you as soon as you know we're done with this. But sure. thank you all again. Yeah. For well, doing this, this made my me. oh, this made my whole day.
2: Happy, Happy. <laughs> Happy birthday.
0: Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, you guys. Thank you for um. Thank you, and I will see you all for another episode. Bye. Sure. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Bye.